0: Hello, this is André and Anita. We talk about parenting, love and life skills.
1: Our family of six makes sure we always have something to share. Hey André. Hey
0: Anita. I can see that you're really awake.
1: I Full of energy.
0: Yes, you're well, not tired things, at all. Things
1: you're seeing kind of makes me question.
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm trying uh, to believe,
1: okay, <laughs> to see things
0: that are not yet seen, uh, okay. you know, and
1: mm. pull them into reality. So pulling two seconds afterwards, I'm totally refreshed and really <laughs> new and uh, let's go. Let's go. And today
0: we're talking about somebody who's done this TED talk.
1: And I think it's about brains, right?
0: Mm, not really. I mean, the, the topic is rather something about modern parenthood. Uh, she has written this book. It's called The Paradox of Modern Parenthood. All Joey and no fun. Okay. And, um...
1: But it kind of starts with different brains, different opinions?
0: That's the first point that she's making in her book. Okay. And also in the... Well, she's mentioning a few quotes in her TED talk, and so... Spoiler alert, if you haven't seen that TED Talk yet, maybe you want to watch it first because otherwise we're going to spoil a
1: few quotes before you are going to spoil a TED Talk. Seriously. Okay, consider yourself warned in case you missed that particular TED Talk among the Few millions that are out there.
0: I'm sorry.
1: Consider yourself spoilers. I know, that's kind of weird. Tommy.
0: <laughs> Spoil a talk. Yeah. I don't know. So,
1: this is like the Star Wars of TED Talks, right? <laughs> yeah. Everyone has to see. Okay.
0: No, no, hers is not even listed. It's not one of the most popular ones. You know, it's not like Bernie Brown, one of the really famous TED Talkers, you know.
1: Yeah, you lost me at TED Talk, I guess. I
0: know. <laughs> I know. They're interesting to me, mm-hmm. and that's why they have to be interesting to you as well. Okay, that's right?
1: great. That's great. <laughs> I actually, I showed you my favorite TED Talk.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, that was brilliant. Yeah,
1: this that was is amazed. that. <laughs> if you have a chance, Google that.
0: I- I'm going to have to watch that again because okay. it's so brilliant. I, I laughed my yeah. everything off. You know, it was...
1: Off the really Okay.
0: Yeah. But back
1: to Jennifer.
0: To Jennifer. And... Um, I think I'm gonna talk about a few more Ted talk advice thingies on parenthood, but this one was interesting because she's actually kind of talking against those parenthood books and stuff like that.
1: Like we do. Exactly. Yes, and <laughs> exactly. she's kind of talking against us, but No way. Yeah. No, we talk against those books, no? Yes?
0: No, not really. I mean, we have talked about different ones, but like we, some of them we kind of good what, what are good and others aren't so
1: But we kind of made a point like we don't follow suit advice. with everything. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, we are not the experts, but okay, you can still learn from us if you like to. Like even if you can learn something, what not to do. I
1: can at least laugh about us. So yeah. there's that.
0: And you can give us the first quote mm. uh, when she's talking about the different brains, like we as grown-ups, as parents, we're thinking differently about the world and about children and everything around us Mm -hmm. than children are doing it by themselves. Their
1: limited perception. Exactly. That is really... Parents can... Oh, uh, let me quote it right now. Parents can project into the future their children anchored in the present have a much harder time of it. This difference can be a formula for heartbreak for a small child. Toddlers cannot appreciate, as an adult can, that when they are told to put their blocks away, they be able to resume playing with them at some late date.
0: This made me think of our firstborn, especially. Mm-hmm. Because we had to tell them so many times, like, you know what, just um You can finish this, and then we're going to do that. Mm -hmm. Like, we always had to warn him about Mm. certain things. But in a way, I feel like even as a toddler, he was already getting the concept of... Time? time, Like, not time, and we we couldn't tell him, like, in five minutes, but that he has to finish something, and then we're going to do something else. Mm -hmm. The uh, transformation from one activity to the other. And him still being able to cope with it. Like I don't feel like he was having this thought of I don't know that I can still finish playing later. That he wouldn't be able to grasp that concept.
1: And we never did did we ever present it, yeah you can play later. Maybe we said it but never in a like meaningful way. Yeah but like I also convincing. don't feel like
0: he was disturbed by us telling him that he has to finish something.
1: oh especially okay we're gonna do something new now. Oh okay, let's go for it.
0: Yeah. He was easily distracted as well. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah, we had an easy play with him in, in that regard.
1: Yeah. Whereas our second one, well, if he was set out to do something and it couldn't be done the way he wanted it to, well, it still gives him uh, quite the challenge.
0: Yes, and what she's basically saying is that with children, logic usually doesn't work. Many times it doesn't work because they don't have the capabilities in their brains as we do, and so they cannot okay. uh, work with our arguments as easily. Oh, yeah. And then she's also quoting Daniel Kahneman, who also did a TED talk. Wait, and-
1: can, can I just, just quickly ask, if she says, don't try logic. Does she mention what we should try instead? Yeah,
0: it's going to come
1: up. Come up, okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, But first... Daniel Kahneman.
0: Daniel Kahneman. uh, I think I'm going to have to mention him at some later point as well. I I like
1: him as well. Let me mention him again. Daniel Kahneman. Yes. Okay.
0: And he brought this example of how we have a remembering self and we have an experiencing self. Mm -hmm. The... uh, The um, experiencing self usually has a totally different concept of what reality and emotions are like than our remembering self. Like if you would ask a parent, how much do you like being a parent (laughs) right now? Like spending time with your kids right now? Usually they would give you a much more negative answer than if you would ask them a few uh, years later and ask them to recollect their memories ...with their children. They would glorify it in a sense. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, it was so great with our kids. I mean, they were small. We were building... Whatever, you know. There's these two different concepts. You have this remembering and experiencing self. Um, Yeah, and what he says, you can quote again. It's about the children. It's a something children Children
1: learn. learn from the world through doing, touching, experiencing. Adults, on the other hand tend to take in the world through their heads well Mm -hmm. okay there we go reading books watching television never swiping at touch screens what listening to podcasts Mm, they're constantly mind (laughs) you um they're estranged from the world of everyday objects yet interacting with the world is fundamental to who we are
0: yeah
1: well we are estranged from the world of everyday objects. It's just the everyday objects kind of change and of course they change to a smartphone. so that's <laughs> okay the yeah too. that's
0: another argument that you can make. <laughs> um, yeah, and then also like our children, they are already estranged by themselves as well because they're also working with a lot of screens already. It's just a different object. Yeah, you got
1: a mouse and you got a keyboard. So yeah, it's a different object. you're still experiencing it.
0: But, you know, it's being criticized a lot nowadays.
1: Yeah, yeah, television is evil and let's go back to the 1920s.
0: Yeah. Hmm? Why don't we become Amish again?
1: Um, Maybe because we we like electricity.
0: Yeah, we apparently do. Hmm. Um, (coughs) But I still think this is not a totally new concept, in a sense. Because... uh, We still, as parents, we have the big challenge to step into the shoes of our children. Is that how you say it? We don't go into the skin of our children, we go into their shoes, right? Yeah, we we take their perspective. Yes, Mm -hmm. and we empathize with their world and as how they are seeing the world instead of with our grown-up brains. And I don't even think it's only about screens or non-screens, it's about how... We experience the world, which is for kids. So many times, I think, like, yeah, I, I really wish they would get more logic,
1: mm-hmm. that you would
0: grasp them more easily by that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But then we have the challenge to spend much more time with them in order to be able to get the world as they do. Like, with our daughter right now, mm-hmm. she has to have this. It's kind of weird. It's like almost a grown-up problem. She has this checklist in the evening, in a sense.
1: She has a list.
0: She has a list. <laughs> She's my daughter. Oh, yeah. I know.
1: <laughs>
0: I had to make that list for her because she would panic if she would forget one of the questions that she usually would have to ask every single evening. She would panic. Not panic. Yeah, cry. She, she would cry about that. Wow. If she forgets about asking one certain really important question.
1: And the list is getting longer. And that's why we made
0: this list so she would be able to ask every single question. Okay. And this still is not really logic to me because most of the questions we're asking again and again and again, the answer is not going to change. Hmm. So I try to lead her into the perspective, you know what? You don't always have to ask the same questions. But in a weird way, she kind of
1: has to. I think she just likes the routine and wants to delay the uh, time she really has to go to sleep. That's the main motivation.
0: Yeah, maybe we're going to have to work on trying to find a new routine, in a sense, and having some spent time together with a more enjoyable topic.
1: I don't know. She's always going to, you know, um, kind of delay everything until the uh, saying goodnight, Pop. Yeah. So
0: Okay, it'll change. But we're getting that it's not about the list itself. Mm-hmm. It there is some other reason behind it and then we can try and work with her. Yeah. Like creating the list actually helped her. I and it made so. it more enjoyable and more simple and easy. Yeah,
1: but she's still going to find a new thing or something that she's going to cry about and try to delay a little bit more.
0: Yeah, okay, that might be uh, the truth, yes. <laughs> By the way, I still think you should mention the quote which starts with more than, which mm. is a longer one, but I think it's nice. Okay,
1: let me read that excerpt for about four pages long uh, text. No, it's not that much. <laughs> okay shakespeare said to elizabeth no more than almost anything else the experience of parenthood exposes the gulf between our experiencing and remembering selves okay our experiencing selves tell researchers that we prefer doing the dishes or napping or shopping or answering emails to spending time with our kids Mm -hmm. I am very specifically referring here to Kahneman's study of 909 Texas women.
0: 909.
1: Oh, 909 Texas women. Okay. But our remembering selves tell researchers that no one and nothing provides us with with so much joy as our children. It may not be the happiness we live day to day, but it's the happiness we think about, the happiness we summon and remember the stuff that makes up our life tales. Yeah. So do play with your kids, even if you don't feel like it, because that's a happy memory that you don't want to miss out on, right?
0: Yeah, even though it doesn't feel comfortable, right, then and there at that moment. By the way, this is something that made me think of... Like even vacation times and things like that, you know, where it was really stressful to get ready and pack everything, think of everything. And then we would have like some struggles on the way there Mm. on the, you know, the car ride or whatever. But then when you look back, you only have those wonderful, beautiful pictures. Mm -hmm. Like you you usually don't make any photos of those bad moments. I don't know if I mean, is a contributing factor. I to,
1: to to show you how the streaming goes. I know. Oh dear,
0: I do. I know. I know. We don't only. Um,
1: I made a lot of pictures when. Make when photos when, of that. You one. remember when we were walking in the park and I made pictures of when the little one was crying once. Oh, that was so mean. Yeah. Oh, that, that was, was so fun. mean. It was mean. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Always take the good with the bad.
0: Yeah, but but, then but yes,
1: we're... but like today, you know, our little one, she's always asking to, she wants to play around, fool around, or what you call the Toben. Yeah. Uh, like, I throw her in the air and pretend that I'm catching her or something yes. like that. And, you know, do that kind of mm-hmm. tomfondery or whatever that's called. And then uh, I always tell her, well, in five minutes, let me just finish this up. And she keeps on insisting. But... It's something that she always comes back to, and she always demands it because she really enjoys it. Mm. Or oh, what's it called? No, that's not rage. rage. No, no, it's not rage. No, no, it's a positive no. rage. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but but I enjoy it as well. And thinking back on it, I think that's time well spent.
0: Yeah, definitely you know,
1: making her laugh and uh, having a good time with her. Because there are plenty of times where I kind of make her cry, or you know, I have to tell her this and this doesn't really work and no you cannot put your foot in front of the television and stuff Yeah, and she yeah. starts acting out so in a way to compensate um, <clears throat> spending positive time with the kid is, is helpful that as well Yeah. You know, to focus to, to, to like when, when I think back on this day now uh, I think about the, the times that I you know had, had fun with her instead of the times where I had to tell her you know do this do that
0: this is, yeah, that's a funny phenomena. It it, it, maybe this is like a survival mechanic. It's, I no, mean, it's
1: because you love your kids yes. more than you despise them and hopefully the <laughs> no parent does that. <laughs> just saying, you yeah. know, so that <laughs> might be the trigger because love covers all, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, but I'm just saying if there was like an objective camera going around like and following you the whole day long. Mm-hmm. I don't know if every single day is like more positive moments than negative ones, you know? Maybe it's some days it's the scale is tipping to the other side and you're still okay. making it out like it's the better one.
1: Yeah. Hopefully. Hopefully. At least
0: a few days later, you know?
1: Yeah, put it in perspective. But yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Even in, in stressful times, sure.
0: But let's go to the next big point. The first one was like the brains work differently. The second one is, we have no clue, and you can.
1: Okay, I'm gonna quote quote, uh, quote Jennifer again. Jennifer says The author says that one of the difficulties of modern parenting is the uncertainty of what parents are preparing children for. In traditional societies, this was clear as parents prepare children for society and for roles much like their own, she writes. There is no folk wisdom. Yeah. Anymore? Anymore. Anymore.
0: She'd have to say. I mean, not in all societies, but in ours particularly, it's
1: more difficult. I'm actually preparing our oldest to become an IT nerd as well. Does that count?
0: Yeah, I I can already see that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so... I, I don't know if I approve, but... I prepare children for society and their roles... Mm-hmm. Much like my own. Yeah. yeah. There you go.
0: There you go, because you're not that reflective.
1: In that sense? I, I think that's... Are you? No, I think it's a happy <laughs> lifestyle. So yeah. why, why not pick it for our son, you mm-hmm. know?
0: Well, um...
1: <laughs> if they're so inclined. Of
0: I've mentioned that she, she first talks about the abundance of books that we have uh, on parenting and so on. And that also this word, even parenting, is a... Pretty new one. It's only from like nineteen seventy or something. Yeah, yeah nineteen seventy. Before that, the, the word parenting as a verb was not even in
1: existence. Sure. Before that, it was more like smack your kid until it stops screaming. No, it was
0: more like survive. That's it. No. Yeah, maybe not before nineteen seventy. But it was
1: way harsher.
0: So now, and and then she gave this example of her when she was in high school. There was this big rage about. Uh, having to teach their kids Japanese because Japanese is going to be the big new thing.
1: What? Which it weren't. Like in
0: 1970? No, um, when she was born. I don't know how old she is. You're going to have to check. I don't know. When she was in high school. When That's what she said. Is Japanese
1: it. ever a big thing? It's an island.
0: We're talking about. The United States. Apparently, there they have the big go Chinese,
1: and I totally agree with yeah, you. Yeah, Chinese came but after. Japanese, never. No,
0: now they say like even nowadays, Mandarin is a yeah. big thing. Yeah, Chinese. Now you're talking about that, mm. and uh, but the the Japanese thing apparently it was a bigger thing that they were talking about. Okay. She didn't learn it, and she never used it or ever was uh, like sorry that she didn't know it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But now Mandarin is the big thing
1: not really and it's, it's still like a Spanish. big question yeah or maybe it was Spanish
0: but you're still not sure is that really gonna be so beneficial for the kids in the future
1: for the kids I don't know depends on what they become
0: yeah but parents are maybe not us we are a little bit more laid back but then there are some parents who really want to give their kids the best chance possible yeah, for they, a they successful have life
1: one or two kids yeah
0: and then they're asking themselves, well, what's the best school, and what kind of subjects sh- should they learn, so that they're they going to be successful.
1: Solve that problem with money. Yeah.
0: For example, but then you can spend the mon- money wisely. I mean, the kid cannot learn three or four different languages at the same time. It can you know?
1: if you pressure enough.
0: Oh yeah. Okay.
1: But just take out all the fun of but, life. But
0: yeah, but but if you still want the child to have good grades in other subjects, I mean, at some point you're going to have to, you know, make a decision. What's Maybe. really important, what's not. Yeah. Yeah. And um and she's just making the point of the world is changing so quickly that we don't really have a clue as to what is really going to be important in the future. You know? some of the jobs don't like there is gonna be there's gonna be jobs that don't even exist now that our kids gonna have Mm -hmm. and some other jobs that we would like them to be prepared for but they're not gonna be existing in the future anymore they're gonna be extinct so yeah okay let me read the next quote Mm -hmm. which is also about we don't have any clues. Oh, Anita, can you please read the next quote? And because children are constantly changing, the rules of handling them change too, which can further confound a family's ability to flow. And then we get into these spirals of conflict and so forth, he continued. That's why I'm saying it's easier to get into flow at work. Work is more structured. It's structured more like a game. It has clear rules. You get feedback. You know what has to be done. There are limits. He thought about this. Partly the lack of structure in family life, which seems to give people freedom, is actually a kind of an impediment. Yeah, I I, I don't know if we have ever talked about flow before. The flow state from Michael Schinsmickrael. The, the, the guy who yeah, never mind um, at work she's making the point you can have sometimes a more positive experience than you can have it at home because you actually have this you can come into the point where you feel like you're forgetting about yourself you're losing yourself in your work as you're doing your job but I don't know what kind of work she's talking about I mean that must be a really good job you know, like
1: Just usually, job.
0: it's it's a job um, where artists would get into that flow state. You know, because of work so many times. I also think at work, you. I mean, there is some structure, but can you really enjoy it? I don't know. I do. Yes, you do. I mean, you have a great job. I do. <clears throat> uh, but at home. <laughs> Yeah, it can be filled with a lot of complaining. Let's say it that way.
1: Nag, nag, nag.
0: Yeah. And then if there is no structure, I mean, structure is yeah being lost more and more, it's easier to not be happy about family life.
1: I, I think it's hard to com- compare family life to work life because. In family life, you deal with kids, and in work life, you deal with well, of course, depending where you work at, but usually not with kids, unless you're a kindergarten teacher, but with adults. Bless your heart. Yeah, <laughs> indeed. Thank you yeah. for your services. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, you deal with adults who can be childish, of course, but it's not the same.
0: Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but yeah, okay. Let, let's just go to the next point before we. To show that we also don't have any clues. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. And then she talks about kids being like in the past, they used to be economically useful. You had kids because they also could work. They would contribute when
1: you turn old age. Yeah.
0: Exactly. They had big value for you and even early on it was not like that you would wait until the kid is 18 or even older no
1: no, no. they could work in the fields when they become eight and you yes. know the little hands could reach you know the minerals in the mine way better than the adults could
0: weren't they even like making guns like with a little child hand? yeah like, that as well you know child
1: slavery all like... that yeah yes.
0: it- She's not glorifying it, no. Okay. No. Um, kids used to be economical assets, and kids now are economically useless, but emotionally priceless.
1: Yeah, you could say useless. That was one you of the quotes say, to And here comes something. How many products are actually made for kids? There is a huge industry out there, television Lego, you know, you you know yeah, 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 yeah. special stop. Stop. food.
0: No, wait a second. That's the the um, not the next quote, but the quote after that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you can read the next one first. Yeah, I can because <laughs> when she says
1: it's useless economically, I I beg to differ.
0: Yeah, but not they themselves. I mean, they don't have the money. They are not
1: earning the money, are they? No, but people are earning money because of. Yeah, that. they're
0: always taking out the parents. That's her point. Parents are being the ones who are paying usually
1: yeah but maybe they're working in the kids industry so they get paid for that as well oh okay if they're in a factory yeah if there were no kids for like the, who played with the legos there would be no factories for legos or tv shows or kids movies or and so on so on so on okay yeah so, you can make that stretch that's true yeah, yeah for real I mean seriously think about how many people work in the kids industry
0: well, it's a new industry that hasn't existed before. Yeah. That's true. Mm-hmm.
1: So, oh, okay. So next mm-hmm. quote: the relationship. The relation to my mind, though, wow, wasn't no. this having worked? Okay, here's a quote: the relationship became asymmetrical. Or asymmetrical. Children stopped working, and parents worked twice as hard. Children went from being our employees to our bosses. The way most historians describe this transformation is to say that the child went from useful to protected, but the socialist Viviana Cilitzap, sociologist, Zilica, yeah, sociologists, I'm sorry, Viviana Cilitzap, came up with a far more pungent phrase. She characterized the modern child as economically worthless but emotionally priceless. Well, oh, yeah, that's, that's basically fine. the same. Yeah, I'm Well, sorry. I say economically worthless that's totally wrong that's a wrong assessment yeah but, but that's neglecting uh, all the stuff that has been done nowadays to make life easier for the moms you know maxi cozy and all that stuff you know how to carry and, the, and then the baby food you have you've got storage areas full of baby food like how many different times do you actually need I guess 1000 is not enough
0: Apparently, yeah. But yeah, I mean, they they contribute to the economy being. Um, how can you say to like, protect the, them more? Yeah, but they are they themselves are not contributing.
1: Yeah, they never never Which were. they did even, in the
0: in the no. past I mean, when they were working. No.
1: Yeah. When don't they think? Were working. Yeah, on the field the, after eight years.
0: That's yeah. They even started earlier.
1: what was work with so
0: they didn't, but they worked in the and family saying, for like so ca- taking care of the f- best siblings. When we were and tending
1: to fields and before yes. the information age. and everything. Her
0: point is, kids are not contributing economically, like they are not earning the money, they are not contributing are buying, okay, or buying okay. or selling whatever.
1: All right, we got that it's down. The kids no longer use <laughs> this uh, kid slaver uh, or kid slavement uh, exactly. in mines. And they still do around some parts of the world, which is a shame. They still yes. do work in some. Factories, which is a shame because um, it's exploitation at the meanest level possible.
0: Yeah, but uh, she's the book she wrote is mm. about modern parenthood, which is probably not going to be bought in those countries.
1: Yeah, probably not. I'm yeah. just saying, um, making money and economically worth is just, yeah, the kid itself maybe doesn't pay for stuff because it's not working. Yeah. Da-da. Thank, that, thank God it's not. Yeah. But the parents work twice that hard. Exactly. and other parents are actually working so that other parents can buy stuff.
0: Yeah, I know it's always a it's a uh, circle, circle. Where yeah, and it's a multi-trillion-dollar
1: t- dollar industry, I guess.
0: I think another. It's going to come later. Um, let me just give the next quote, which is <laughs> dealing with the toys. By example, for example, the sentiment- sentimentalization of childhood has produced a great many paradoxes. The most curious, however, may be that children have acquired more and more stuff, the more useless they have become. I know you have your issues against it. Until the late 19th century, when kids were still making vital contributions to the family economy.
1: Hint, slave child. Yes, yes.
0: Mm -hmm. She's criticizing it herself, Mm -hmm. you know. They didn't have toys as we know them. They played with found and household objects like sticks, pots, and brooms. In his book, Children at Play, the scholar Howard Chudakov writes Some historians even maintain that before the modern era, the most common form of children's play occurred not with toys, but with other children, siblings, cousins, and peers. Mm-hmm. Um, um so now and then she's talking about school being the new work for kids nowadays mm-hmm. and after activities being the new work for kids. But school, like homework, and after school. Activities, they're also our work. They're also the parents work as well because they have to drive them They also have to help them with homework and and doing their projects and their um, Presentations and stuff like that They usually always help those kids because otherwise, you know That your kids are gonna be in a disadvantage because all those other kids get help from their their parents as well Mm. and now you have even a harder job when taking care of your kids
1: in a way, yeah, because kids learn a lot more. They don't yeah, that's only true. learn like this is how you read, this is how you write, this is how you calculate one plus one, and uh, that's it. Have fun. See you after four years, which was pretty common back then. Yeah, yeah. But nowadays, of course, the um,
0: they have to study stuff that they're never gonna use as yeah. well. <laughs>
1: yeah, that as well, which which um, made me quite angry, to be honest. Of course, but they got to do that yeah yeah
0: that's and of
1: course they need help with that and um, yeah I don't know maybe it's of course information overload because you've got to study a lot to keep up to be a functioning member of society and just reading and writing isn't enough anymore like when you go out on the field and do your agrarian activities I guess then reading writing would be a surplus you wouldn't Mm -hmm. actually need it or you don't actually need it for that
0: Maybe. Okay, yeah, that's true.
1: Um, but now information technology changed everything, of course. And um, yeah, you better know how to read and write, and then some. Oh, yeah, then, then some. So, and oh, the life then... has become way more complicated in a way. Oh, yeah. Of course, way easier as well. you got to admit. In other ways, yeah, yes. In other ways, mm-hmm. of course. Um, so, yeah, parents are more. If you if you decide to have kids, then you are actually way more involved in uh, caring for their education than before. You just send them off, and you will have fun and uh, do, your do your thing. Do your thing, yeah. And when you come back, reading writing is enough. And then help out on the barn or something.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Just doesn't work out that way anymore.
0: Yeah, and I, I think like both things they have their plus and minuses, you know. Um, One thing that she also says, and I don't know where she got that data from, she says that mothers now spend more time with their children than 1965, when most mothers weren't even working.
1: Maybe because, you know, childcare has become an important issue as well, and children just don't, yeah, there's children just let them run around and we don't really care about them, kind of, but they've been like, really focused now, or there's a big focus on kids. And they're not as neglected as they were back then.:
0: Yeah. Uh-huh. Do, do you think they were neglected?
1: A lot of them?: Yes,
0: I think so. Okay, I don't know exactly.
1: Um, you about ask, that because you can ask your parents how, how much time they spend with their parents? Well,
0: no, let's say, I don't think they were neglected, and they wouldn't frame it that way either, mm-hmm. because they were spending time with their parents. They did mostly in the context of having to do some work Mm. like my grandfather telling my father about how to you know do make the butter and you know like have the milk and then how to prepare the butter and stuff or how to take care of the the animals they always had a lot of animals Mm. and those kinds of things but they weren't building A a relationship yeah that's
1: and that's a new thing maybe, that, that parents want to have a relationship that continues after they move out.
0: Yeah. Wow. Well, I mean, if you are raised in a society where it's like one of the biggest virtues is the family. And you no, know, like I just watched this movie from this uh, South American, Something. I don't know, Mexican or whatever. I don't know what the, what the, the movie that I watched with my daughter, with our daughter. Coco. Coco. Yeah. What was it about? Mexican. 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 Mexican, I don't think. Yeah, and they're they're brought up like family is the most important thing in the world, you Mm -hmm. know, and you have to honor your parents, you have to honor your, um, like even parent grandparents and all those people who came before that even, and your ancestors. Ancestors, exactly. And if you're raised in a society like that, then you don't have to build relationship as we do nowadays. Because nowadays, I think we are more raised with this concept or this idea that relationships are voluntary. Mm. You cannot force, like in those ancestor cultures, it, it was not really that voluntary. You would be a really bad person if you wouldn't. honor your parents and grandparents, whatever, you know? And nowadays, we don't have that concept anymore and therefore, relationships are voluntary and you have to take more, which the good thing about it is if you have this voluntary background, you cannot really force or pressure people into it and they are making the decision themselves. And if you haven't built a good relationship, they're going to be bye-bye.
1: Probably, yeah.
0: And yeah maybe that's um that's even another point that parents are taking care of in a sense taking care of the relationship which previous generations haven't really been doing and then that again sense, you can
1: ask your parents or you can ask my, my parents what kind of relationship they did have with their parents and uh, you come to a conclusion that well do I envy them do I want to follow you know is that a good example for us for how we want to have a relationship with our kids.
0: I mean this is what I said. That's the pro point about the voluntarism. Because you have to take you have to actually take a, an effort mm-hmm. to have a good relationship. You cannot just take it for granted and tell them, you know, this is how a good person is supposed to be like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The next point is something where I thought, um, might be talking for a traditional family, which she was not intending to. Over time writes, cons, Americans have come to define liberty, negatively as lack of dependence, the right not to be obligated to others. Yeah, which we've been talking about before. Independence came to mean immunity from social claims on one's wealth or time. If this is how you conceive Of liberty as freedom from obligation, then the transition to parenthood is a dizzying shock. Most Americans are free to choose or change spouses and the middle class has at least a modicum of freedom to choose or change careers. But we can never choose or change our children. They are the last binding obligation in our culture that asks for almost no other permanent commitments at all.
1: Yeah, okay. So if you've got children, you've got to say bye bye to what you perceive as freedom. Duh. <laughs> this is, uh,
0: but this is something that is really, really shocking, I think, to many people.
1: Yeah? Yes. Uh, let me Okay,
0: I know of certain people that I'm not going to talk about
1: no but we we talk about a specific type their
0: children are very much a burden on their lives and they keep complaining about all the things that they had to give up for them they wouldn't frame it that way but they're always like please feel sorry for me I cannot do this I cannot do this yeah, I cannot do this I because know, I have I these children.
1: Mm, I know you what know? you're talking about but mm-hmm. um, of course they would find something else to complain in their lives as well but probably but yeah but but, children, no, but, of but, but let's they say ch- children they are like a bigger issue. let's say it,
0: it's not just like having
1: it's not gonna be over in like 10 months or so no we're gonna stuck with them till they move out basically.
0: And you know the complaining about their ex is going to stop at some point at least when they find some really great guy. True. But you're starting to, yeah, you know what I said? But children, you should
1: have those thoughts before you have to, right? But those yeah, people
0: <laughs> How many times am I saying that?
1: <sighs> okay, so think before you procreate, I guess that's what we want to the future parents, right?
0: Oh dear. This is a topic where I'm like, oh my gosh. (laughs) I mean. It's all fun and games. Yeah, but but, then, you know. Makes
1: a kid I
0: guess. (laughs) I've heard this in even other podcasts where they are also talking about this. You know, your youth, you're going to have to experiment. You're going to have to make your experiences. You're like, hey, (laughs) just. Do whatever. You have to do whatever, you know and the okay now we have um,
1: contraception.
0: we have contraception mm. but
1: that works at times but not when you're drunk and mixed up especially article. when
0: you're telling them hey just have fun mm. that's gonna work 100% of the time
1: well yeah you but it's so? that's why we have honey, to have abortion honey, as well it's all about freedom so it's all, until you get pregnant and and
0: we can sacrifice the next generation the kids pff, who cares about them true they're asking for one – what was the quote saying? For one commitment. Like, they're the ones who are still asking for – I mean, even marriages don't last. So it's, it's – Yeah,
1: it's the last permanent commitment.
0: Uh, yeah, and the kids always have to – it's always like the kids, they always have to suffer.
1: Until we as a society, and here's a thought, evolve into, you know – My kids, your kids, everyone's kids. You know, you just give them to someone who's really... There has
0: been things like that before. Yeah. I mean, there's cultures like that before.
1: That would They usually
0: have a lot of... They are very free with sex for everyone and Mm. among different generations. And, you know, they have some other... Issues. Problems sometimes. Mm -hmm. This is not a new thing. Would you really say that's evolving into a new thing? In Western
1: society, it would be a new thing.
0: Yeah, but wouldn't you say it's like um, a full circle? No, it, it's a movement that goes down again and then it goes up again, maybe. Or no, we haven't
1: like. seen that. That you just share kids, you know, you want a kid, yeah, why not? Okay, here's mine. <laughs> See, because with the kid comes all that emotional attachment, which is, I hope, I think it's a good thing, but yeah, we don't actually. What we want to say you, before you start thinking about making kids, um. Make really sure that, you know, um, it's going to be a permanent commitment.
0: Yeah. 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 I mean, kids... uh, This is something where I think sometimes, like, we're talking so much about parenting and how important it would be to help them in an emotional way and in their school, whatever, and so on. But maybe one of the most basic things, Mm -hmm. most important things would be for them to have a whole healthy family like having parents who are there for them but yep. this is not this is not you cannot even take that for granted anymore that's almost an exception it is nowadays and yeah that's kind of sad oh yeah and then she brought this example of i think it's a comedian michael lewis do you know him
1: Michael Lewis. Yeah. He's probably from Jerry Lewis. I don't
0: know. No, yeah, I don't. Know. Michael Lewis, she was saying Michael Lewis. And he brought this example if you if you want to make a couple fight, just invite them and introduce them to another couple whose division of labor is ever so slightly different from theirs. And then he brings the example like then they go into the car and she says, "So, did you catch that?" Dave is the one walking their kids to school every morning,
1: mm-hmm.
0: which is a good example, and which wasn't the case probably in more traditional families in the past.
1: Because their roles were easier. Well, yeah, were you more... didn't have to discuss
0: about every single thing. No, 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 true that.
1: Yeah, I guess that's that could be seen as a as a good way to start a fight if you want to compare yourself to other people, which I'm really not a big fan of. it.
0: Does, but this also wouldn't work for me,
1: I know it either. It doesn't really, because you're kind of a special case. Yeah, but in you too, re- you're a special yeah, case too. too. Like, I guess we're kind of special <laughs> in that regard, so it's not like, yeah, that's cool that it works for you, it would work for us because this, yeah. this, that, <laughs> yeah. I guess. And we, we're not... That envious, I guess, of other couples' achievements, are we? Not really. I, guess I am not. No. No. Because whenever we see another couple and then we see their kids or well, how their life is, well, we don't have any idea. Do we have anyone to look up to? And we say, well, that's the life that we want to have. Stimming. Uh, <laughs> We're not mentioning names, are we? <laughs>
0: no. We wouldn't say that, would we? Yeah. I don't no, think so. No, but then yeah, then it may like they have the perfect life it, but no fun.
1: N- no, well in a no, sense. no no no. They have their own thing down. We'd not want to imitate because no. it's not our thing. But I'm really happy for them that it's working for them. Yeah. So great. Right. Yeah. I mean mm-hmm. of what we know, you know, and everything. Mm-hmm. And and that is awesome. But we would if we met with them and sat down and they would, you know, show us all this stuff, we would go and still say, Oh, we like ours better. <laughs> right right?
0: <laughs> well, I guess so. I
1: don't know. But but maybe it's because mm-hmm. we're really content and thank God for that. I guess maybe. Um, but but there's little but too there other to other families where where, where, where <clears throat> I think oh this is a family that I really want to imitate. Like. Yeah. yeah, imitate. Maybe the um, what's the guys who wrote the book, the Team F dudes with the 11 kids
0: uh, no you wouldn't change no we wouldn't, wouldn't really no. but but
1: there may be mm-hmm. a parents who you can look up to because yes, come on yes. 11 kids Eleven. oh yeah yeah. yeah yeah,
0: and they had really difficult ones too and yeah so yes. what was the Mühlheims? Mm-hmm.
1: yeah so um, that maybe but those are like the parents in the book yeah no, no <laughs> personal contact or relationships or people that we know but yeah I think we're lacking that right are we no? Well, I,
0: sometimes, I, like in the past, I was sometimes kind of envious because so many, so many things seem to be so much easier for other people.
1: Well, they, they don't in, have. Well, they their kids seem the to be struggles. Easier going. That, yeah. yeah, that. But it's all gonna come around, and and yeah, you, <laughs> you're actually noticing right now a little bit. You know, maybe easy as a baby, kind of funny as a toddler, but now comes the age where wow, full on rebellion and. Uh, Go for that, (laughs) yeah, It happens.
0: Yeah. Okay. So you know everything
1: was easy until they hit the age of six and they turned. Yeah, I mean,
0: this is something that you can only really evaluate like late in the past. Like, yeah, give it time. I told you about this preacher, and Mm -hmm. he said something about like he wouldn't ever listen to anybody talking about parenting if they don't have grown-up kids. So.
1: Mm Giving a reason why not to listen to us, but <laughs> well, we, we're not talking about teenage behavior or how to deal with yeah. Kids. But he
0: was just saying that mm-hmm. if you still have a good relationship with, with your kids when they're grown ups, yeah. it's a totally different thing than if you're talking wisely mm-hmm. when you're like in the midst of it, okay. and you don't you don't know what kind of sometimes you're kind of blind to the kind of damage you're doing to your kids as well
1: until they turn eighteen. Yeah, and so, then huh? it,
0: it takes some time for them to be. Able to make their own decisions and to evaluate their own past, oh. especially when they become parents on their own, they're gonna start making a whole lot of different thoughts about their past and their childhood.
1: In due time, so, hopefully, right?
0: Yeah, <laughs> and maybe we're still on the air at that time, and then we can tell you why.
1: Do you remember this is what we did wrong? <laughs> this is an episode. Yeah. Forty-eight. We mentioned it exactly, and uh, it didn't turn out so well. So this will be our last podcast. Thank you, Aaron, and good night.
0: (laughs) Okay. You know what? I'm I'm just going to make it a little bit uh, shorter now, because uh, the next point was about we're trying to protect our kids from everything that's hard, which I have to agree with. Um, In the past, it was more like kids had to go through more difficult things things not just the child labor thing but but also chores yeah they had to do a lot of chores their life was more heavy Demonic. on their bodies maybe and also they got hit on a the lot workload more as well yeah mm. yeah that as well and nowadays one of the things that most parents would say what they want their kids to be is that they should be
1: happy yes happy happy if you happy, and, and you know. this is
0: something with the, which she is criticizing later because happy,
1: happy
0: happy is not something that you can teach your kid like riding a bike or
1: having a crocodile what <laughs> <laughs>
0: having a crocodile yeah. <laughs> you know it's not something that you can really teach them like a skill or something like that but rather and this is something that also some um Psychologists are also talking about that being happy is not something that you really can aim for, but it rather comes like a
1: byproduct of, when of rigorous training and uh, clear instructions. Well, she says a more realistic
0: goal for your children would be teach your kid to be a productive kid, to be a moral kid and love them, oh. be there for them at all times. Hey. And if you have those kinds of goals, happiness hopefully is going to come as a byproduct. I mean, if you teach your kid that life is supposed to be easy all of the time, they're going to have their shock of their lives once they move out, have to pay their own bills, have to go to work and, you know, be a productive person in society or want to have a relationship and actually have to deal with other people's moods and...
1: Yeah. Irrationality and whatever. Actually we prepare our kids in that regard quite well. Because well, they got siblings.
0: Yes. They they have a lot of tra- training
1: mm-hmm. possibilities. New changes. Oh yeah. Incoming.
0: <laughs> oh dear. They
1: hold on to your seat. Yeah. Little one is giving it all.
0: Oh yeah. They have a lot of <laughs> they have a lot of opportunities to mm-hmm. learn that. Yeah. That's true.
1: And some do better than others, but um yeah
0: training so those were the final points and I think in a way she wanted to say that also as a how can I say that parents wouldn't feel so burdened down if you really want to make your kid happy it's an unrealistic goal it's unfair to your kids and it's unfair to the parents as well Mm -hmm. in both directions because in the long term There's always going to be some um, situations where they're going to be unhappy.
1: Well, in the pursuit of happiness, let's speak an American term, um, if you neglect your child, like any bad experience, I think they'll suffer in the long run. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Definitely.
0: And, uh, And by saying this, she wants to tell parents, you know what, maybe you shouldn't worry as much. Maybe you shouldn't like buy so many books on parenting and still keep listening to hey, 18 hey, parenting here, here, here podcasts
1: here comes a point where we've been like in our first podcast I think that we ever made which I call um, the trust in your gut or in your intuition as a parent and that's why I told you not to ever again buy those magazines which were like they were thin parenting books uh, kind of yeah But they were horrible. They were just telling you what not to do instead of what to do. Yeah. And they just, you know, kept pulling you down. They they, they were
0: guilt-mongering all the time. It felt like anything and everything you do is going to be bad and you're going to damage your kid by this and this and this, whatever you're doing.
1: Starting with the baby food. Yeah. If it's not homegrown, then you cannot feed it to your baby in good conscience. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Right. And stuff like oh, that. I've been such so, a
0: bad mom. <laughs> yeah. No, but but
1: I mean parenting books out there they can stress you out. So um I would still go. Trust your intuition if you are a normal person. And if you want a kid, you know, if, if you like decided to have a kid and not just whoops, there it is. Um
0: and you have a good relationship, hopefully, with your partner. With your partner as well, yeah. yeah.
1: Um then trust your trust and your intuition. Yeah. Yeah. So I think these are great and brilliant final words
0: for today and I thank you very much. Think of them, yeah, right? (laughs) Okay. Bye. Have a good night. Bye. This is excellent 1%.